It's Wednesday, June 9th. Welcome back to the Daily Wager podcast. We have got you covered with everything you need to know about tonight's NBA playoff slate. A little bit of action on tomorrow's NBA playoff slate. But we also got you covered for this week's golf tournament, the full baseball card. You name it, we're on it. Settle in. The next 10 minutes, we'll give you everything you need to know heading into today's action. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Alongside Tyler Foljam, I'm Joe Fortenball. Right into the action we go. Game two in the Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns had a big second half against the Nuggets the other night to claim a 1-0 series lead. Tyler, the Suns are laying five and a half, total of 222 and a half for tonight's game two. How are you going to attack this matchup? Yeah, I do think the Suns uh, win the game. Uh, if I'm playing a side, I would just lay it with Phoenix. They've been so good. I'm sure, as you you know, Joe, at home, ATS all season long and in this postseason. But I found a player prop that I want to try and exploit, and it's Devin Booker over 10.5 boards and assists, and we get an extra dime for every dollar we invest at plus 110. Now, Booker has surpassed 10.5 rebounds and assists or had 11 or more. In five of the seven games played in this postseason, he's averaging 11.3 over the seven games he's played. Now, what is significant about those five games where he went over 10 and a half rebounds and assists? The Suns won all five. They're 5-0 and when he goes over this. They are 0-2 when he does not. Adding to that, Booker is getting as many minutes as he can handle for Monty Williams, averaging 40 per game this postseason. So minutes are key when you're trying to get counting stats. you got to be out there to rack up rebounds and assists. And Booker is playing as many minutes as anyone in this postseason. And it has been a key Booker, not just scoring, but doing everything to help the Suns win. So over 10.5 rebounds, assists, plus 110 for a guy who's 5-0 and this postseason for his team when he goes over this threshold, 0-2 when he does not. I don't pretend to be a Phoenix Suns expert, but Devin Booker's pretty good. I've watched some Suns <laughs> games, and Devin Booker has been pretty good. I'm going to isolate the first half. Suns minus two and a half. This all comes back to what I saw in the second half of game one. Phoenix, whatever happened in that locker room at halftime, figured out Denver. They went into the locker room down one. They won the game by 17. What they did was they stopped bombing threes. They shot 21 three-pointers in the first half. They shot only 13 in the second half. I think they saw that they could attack the rim and have success. And as a result, their field goal percentage went from 45% in the first half to a whopping 64% in the second half. They stepped up defensively as well. Denver shot 53% in the first half against uh, Phoenix. Again, you make adjustments at the half. They held the Nuggets to 40% in the second half. I like that. I like that because I think we had all talked about the idea of being on Phoenix in the first half of game one, and the Nuggets came out and threw a really good punch. They had a one-point lead at the half. But I think Phoenix figured out what they needed to do. They made the necessary adjustments. And now I wonder what Denver is going to be able to throw as a counter because we've seen them have problems galore throughout the course of the playoffs against a team like Portland that's nowhere near the caliber of a team like Phoenix. So I think Phoenix comes out hot tonight. I will lay the two and a half in the first half with the Suns. Turning our attention to tonight's MLB card, is there anything that strikes your fancy, sir? There is NL Central matchup in the Natty. I am going to uh, take the Brewers run line, get a nice juicy return on that, plus 150. And the reason is not only are the Brewers hot, they've won nine of their last 10 games, including five straight W's to vault to the top of the NL Central standings. But what makes me most excited about playing the Brewers in the run line 
in this matchup against the Reds is the Red starter, Vladimir Gutierrez, who has a 2.7 ERA in 10 innings this season. Joe, that's really good, right? Wrong. Oh, yeah. It's a mirage. Yeah. It's all a mirage <laughs> from Gutierrez. His Sierra, 5.85. And why is his Sierra so high? His real ERA is so low? Well, he's getting extraordinary good luck without being dominant. He's got a 143 betting average on balls in play. He's getting just 42.9% of uh, balls put in play on the ground. He's striking out just 15% of batters that he sees. In today's Major League Baseball, if your K rate is not above 20 or 25, then you're a pretty gas can type of pitcher. His walk rate, maybe, okay, maybe, Joe, at least if he's not striking guys out, he's not putting guys on base for free, wrong. 12.5% walk rate. He only misses bats on 6.3% uh, of his pitches. That's a 6.3% swinging strike rate. So. This guy has just been the benefit on a small sample, 10 innings, of extraordinary good luck. Meanwhile, Milwaukee's hot. Their offense is waking up as of late. Five or more runs in five of their last six games. This game will be played in Cincinnati, which is a hitter-friendly ball yard. I think some regression is coming for Gutierrez, and the Brewers stay hot. they got to win by two, but if they do, you get a $1.50 for every dollar you invest. Six-plus billion people on this planet, and I find it hard to believe any of them will show that much enthusiasm over tonight's Brewers-Reds game <laughs> than you just did right there. Absolutely ridiculous. The families of those players don't even have that much enthusiasm towards tonight's game, but I love it regardless. I'm going to go to the Mets and the Orioles. Matt Harvey Day, ladies and gentlemen. Harvey with that 6.62 ERA, five or more earned runs in four of his last five starts. I'm going to play the Mets for the game, minus 130. I'm going to play the Mets in the first five innings as well, minus 135. The problem with the Mets this season, as good as they've been, has been the lineup. It doesn't hit very well, but I love the matchup against Harvey. And in fact, if you go back to May 12th, Harvey pitched against this very Mets lineup, giving up seven runs on eight hits in just over four innings, four and a third innings to be exact. Uh, Taiwan Walker is going to go for the Mets if you needed anything else to sell you on why you should make these picks. 2.17 ERA this season. He's given up four earned runs, four total earned runs over his last five starts. So you got a great pitcher going for the Mets. You got a lousy pitcher going for the Orioles. The Orioles have been hot by their standards. So that's why I think the price is down a little bit. It looks a little too obvious, but I'm going to back the Mets in those two spots to win the game, minus 130, and first five innings, minus 135. I'm also going to throw under nine wins at you, or excuse me, under nine runs in the Pirates-Dodgers matchup. Right into pitcher Tony Gonsolin's making his season debut for the Dodgers tonight after dealing with right shoulder inflammation early in the season. Pittsburgh may be the worst team in Major League Baseball against right-handed pitching, and even if they're not, you want to make an argument for someone else, it's undebatable, indebatable, whatever the hell the word is, that they <laughs> score fewer runs than anybody. 3.5 per game, dead last in run scoring. Now, the Dodgers could blow up tonight, obviously, from an offensive perspective. They're going to face left-handed pitcher Tyler Anderson. You just look at the ERA, you see 4.67, you think the guy's not very good. But a lot of that came in a blow-up start against the Atlanta Braves. He gave up nine runs in that matchup. You take that game off the card – his ERA is essentially 3.65. It's reasonable. And the Dodgers have been league average against left-handed pitching this year. So I like the matchup there. Gonsolin coming back against an anemic Pirates offense. There's a little bit of risk because it's Gonsolin's first start. It could be a struggle. I'm going to play under nine runs there as well. PGA Tour, next stop, the Palmetto Championship at Congaree Golf Club in Ridgeland, South Carolina, par 71, 7,655 yards. There is no defending champ. First year of this event. So it's a little bit interesting from a handicapping perspective. You play some golf every single week. What are you targeting this week? 
All right, I got a couple here I want to lay out for you. First is Luke List to finish in the top 10. That's a five to one wager for Luke List. Why? Well, even though we've never played here before, Joe, Luke List has, and he holds the course record at Congaree Golf Club. He is very long off the tee. And what makes Congaree so unique is the fairways are wide and forgiving. Like I think there's something like 58 or 60 acres of fairways at this course. So if you have length, you have uh, um, a wide margin of error like Luke List has. He's number two in this field in strokes gained from tee to green over the last 24 measured rounds. And this is a Tom Fazio course. And go back just a couple of weeks to Quail Hollow. What is that? A Tom Fazio course that has a similar layout, similar characteristics to Congaree. Luke List, what do you know, finished sixth at the Wells Fargo, a top 10. So plus 500 for Luke List, course record, likes Fazio, attracts, very long off the tee, game fits, top 10, five to one, bank it with Luke List. Very nicely done. I'll slide something in as well. Don't want to be left out. FOMO, Brant Snedeker, <laughs> minus 125 in a four-round matchup over Pat Perez. Two guys heading in very different directions. Snedeker, since the start of April, has been very, very good. Four top 20s and six starts with two finishes of sixth or better. He's in very good form coming into this event. Perez, meanwhile, hasn't cracked the top 20 in any of his last 24 starts. So it's a four-round matchup play. Brant Snedeker minus 125 over Pat Perez. Before we say goodbye, I'm not on the pod tomorrow. I want to slide in that I will be playing the Clippers in game two over Utah. Right now it's plus three. I fired on that. If it gets any better, I'd fire on that as well. Just like the Vegas Golden Knights in game one against Colorado, right? If you remember the situation, Colorado Red Hot at home had disposed of its first round opponent in quick fashion. Vegas went seven in the opening round against Minnesota. They retired. They go on the road. That was what happened with the Clippers. Seven game series against Dallas, grueling. Now you're on the road. You're at altitude against Utah. You had every reason in the book to lay down and get blown out. And you didn't. Paul George shot four of 17. He was terrible again. Marcus Morris shot one of nine from deep. Donovan Mitchell went off. He scored 45 points on 16 of 30 shooting. And with all that information laid out in front of you, the listener, the Clippers still lost that game by three and had a chance to win it late. I think that speaks very well for the Clippers. And it's a little bit troubling for the Jazz. So the Conley situation is worth watching. If he plays, this could move towards Utah. But I think the Clippers are going to be a solid play uh, in tomorrow night's game. Do you want to mention anything on that? I don't want to put you in a spot where you can't, but I know tomorrow you're probably going to be talking about it. Yeah, I, I won't mention anything because uh, – Keep it a secret. I'm kind of on the other side of that one, Brother Joe. All right, so we'll bet each other straight <laughs> up. Keep the books out of it. No juice whatsoever. Good stuff, my I'll man. I'll say this. I'll say this. Keep riding Donovan Mitchell uh, because he is Ooh. not going to slow down. He is not going to slow down at all. He has proven he is a playoff performer, so I don't care what his point prop is. I'm firing over blindly. Second year in a row. It's been awesome watching that guy in the postseason. If you like watching him, this is an awkward segue. You might like watching Tyler and I today on <laughs> Bet, uh, on all of ESPN's digital platforms. You can check us out on ESPN Plus as well. That show is going to be at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on all the digital platforms. Daily Wager today bumped up a bit. It's not 6 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. That's a wrap for today. 10 minutes of the bets you needed as promised. Do us a favor if you get a chance, subscribe, rate, and review. All that help is greatly appreciated. Until then, we'll see you on Daily Wager tonight. Podcast is back tomorrow morning. Good luck, everybody. <laughs>